Ladies and gentlemen, Andres Ospina is about to come on and rock it. Talk about how to find investors and raise capital for your company. So definitely stick around if you have an idea that you're committed to bringing to life. And specifically, if you're ready to take your company or what you have, startup, etc., to the next level. I'm talking to you because you are becoming your greatest possible self. And today's theme is a life of greatness. So thanks for tuning in and for being your GPS and living your best life. Okay. However, I can support you in moving forward with that. If it's tuning into the greatest possible self, 12 our live stream marathon and podcast or if it's uh, being a guest on the marathon getting your message out if it's launching your own podcast or just continuing your journey with one of these epic human beings who've been on the marathon today and all the other great marathons and great guests that we have definitely do that take those next steps take the leap invest in yourself and uh, trust that you are enough you are worthy and you are loved you deserve everything you desire so go for it Next up is the iTunes review of the week. This week, it's by Miss Stephanie Zito. Stephanie says, inspiring podcast. I love Chris's mission and attitude towards life. I gain a lot of great tips for self-development and running my business through this content. Stephanie, thank you so much for the review. And if you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on the iTunes store and you can, or Apple Podcast store. And you can give us a review and uh, definitely subscribe while you're there so you can get all the latest updates and keep growing into your GPS. Thanks for being a part of this journey and uh, let's rock it. I'm going to introduce Andres in just a second. Grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. This guy's going to bring the gold, the wisdom, the facts, the strategies, and what you can do to really grow yourself and your company. Okay. Andres Ospina is a global events producer, sales expert, and international keynote speaker and MC. He has produced more than 500 events and spoken on 300 stages in eight different industries. As a former sales director and assistant trainer for the Millionaire Mind Intensive, he helped his team generate $1.2 million from a single event. He is currently the head of business development for the Family Office Club, where their focus is helping their clients work with family offices legal institutions that have a minimum of $100 million plus in assets for ultra high net worth individuals. And there's actually an acronym for that, UHNWI. And we are blessed to have Andres with us today to rock the house. Andres, are you ready to rock, my man? I am ready to rock and roll. Let's go. We are going, man. We're live on Become Your Greatest Possible Self, dude. Let's dive right into the theme of today, brother. You, you've been on the show multiple times. You're a brother, tons of personal development events together, and we've been growing our relationship for a long time. This ain't your first rodeo. So let's dive in, man. The theme today is a life of greatness. What does that mean to you? A life of greatness. Ultra high net worth. <laughs> for sure. It's definitely a life of greatness. Mm. Uh, talk about today is definitely an industry that uh, has changed my perspective on money, on how I treat business, and um, and, and how I see the world yeah. uh, overall. So uh, the first thing that comes to mind is ultra high net worth because having that in mind, having that vision, right? Not everybody has that attitude, right? I talk to a lot of millionaires that are still looking to get to the decimillion range, but satisfied at that right a lot of people say oh 20 million i'd be fine 50 million i'd be fine 100 million i'd be fine um but you know this this industry really popped my lid about 
what's possible, how wealth has been built in this country, how it's being built in, in developing countries, <clears throat> how the internet is changing wealth. Mm. It's all just fascinating to me. So, so yeah, so, that, so that's, that's what it means to me. Chris. That's rad, man. I love it. I love it. I want to ask, cause this is something I've kind of come up against is I'm, I'm going for billions of dollars, right? Like I know to make my maximum impact in the world, like that's the capacity of wealth that I get to create and accumulate and, you know, like acquire to be able to serve lots of people, solve big freaking problems. Some of that I feel comes from a aspect of, of ego that wants to have, wants to acquire, maybe greed, maybe unhealed wounds, traumas, stuff from the past to compensate. I'm curious, what is your experience with that? Or what have you seen around that? Is that something that comes up for you? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think it can come from ego if we don't reverse engineer how we're going to get there. Mm. Honest with ourselves about what we're really willing to do to get there. Mm. Um, so, you know, a lot of times I look at my hundred million dollar portfolio in the next 20 years, you know, that's when I see myself really getting to that range. And I have my number where really, if I have a hundred million dollar portfolio, giving me five to 15% returns a year, then I'm okay with that. Really, <laughs> Because to go from a hundred million to a billion would, would, you need to be real about the energy it's going to take, the type of actions, the type of negotiation, the type of businesses you have to build, the people you have to be around. And, you know, I sincerely believe that I have a clear route to seven figures. Hmm. There, but at the same time, how would I put this? It's, it's very esoteric in nature where it's like a clear route to seven figures in ways that would be challenging to my integrity. So I don't go down that route, <laughs> Wow, you know, and so just, you know, in Miami, they call it <clears throat> finessing, you know, we're just, like you're just putting on this image and this persona. And I don't really want to go down that route, even though I know that through my marketing and branding expertise, I could brand myself as something I'm not and then probably generate income that way. Um, but that's, that would just suck to lie, you know, to live your life as a lie. So once again, that to answer your question, it, it's a goic if you don't have a clear path for getting mm -hmm. there. Because I think about all the times I used to say it when I was younger in my early twenties, getting into direct sales and saying, Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be making, you know, a million dollars a year by the time I'm 25 and I'm mm -hmm. 30. And I have quite a way to go before that. So I understand how that was a goic. It's also ignorance and not really knowing. So Grant Cardone talks about if you were talking to someone our age, if you were talking to himself at our age, mm -hmm. what would you tell himself? Mm -hmm. At our age, he was already making like 200000 a year. So he says, you know, what his whole thing is like 10 exit, like get it to 2 million. For some people, that's crazy to think about their income now and then to 10 exit. But it's like, yeah, you... You fast forward to, to 12 months from now, making 10 times what you're making today, and you go backwards and you break down what that's actually going to take. And then you have to ask yourself if you're willing to do that. Yeah. yeah. So there, it's that whole honesty with yourself. It's the fact that, like, for me, soccer, working out, spending some time with my friends, learning a new instrument, 
those things I share, I cherish. Traveling, traveling, I cherish. But I do, I'm, I'm also honest with myself that, okay, if I take these 10 days and go hiking in the mountains away from my emails and my phone calls, I'm slowing down that side of my life, mm. like slowing down that momentum. Am I willing to do that for this 10 day hike? And it's a lot of times in my past, especially in my early twenties. And I'm thankful I made that decision was, it was, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I'll slow down whatever's going on to go 10 days in the mountains. Right. You know, it's like 100%. And I never take that back. And that's what has led me today to saying, I'm not going to put up an image or a front or even, you know, once again, being honest with myself about the work ethic that I'm willing to put in mm. to what, how willing am I able to, how willing am I able to have to be burnt out and be exhausted and things like that. So, wow. so yeah, I think it just, it comes down to, to really knowing what it takes to get there and say, okay, am I willing to do that now? And then also realizing like, you can talk about the billions all day, but what is the next step? Mm. Like how, you got a 10 X your income, but first, how do you double it? How do yeah. you increase yeah. Dude, this is gold, gold. Okay, so that's a great response, man. I, I'm, I'm loving how deep we're going. And I want to talk about getting investors to grow your company. That's what we're really here to, to dive into. So what do we need to know about that, man? Um, and it kind of plays off that last point of, um, you know, what are you, what are you willing to do to find the right investor? Mm. I'm going to talk today a lot about branding. Okay. Uh, because in the world of finance, especially, you know, major real estate investing, even just real estate investing in general, truly, um, and, and capital raising, sometimes companies are really behind on how they have to market themselves to investors. So I'm just really hoping to share, you know, some things that are, are critical mm -hmm. to understand how to build that credibility, how to build that trust, how to build that relationship with an investor. Um, because a lot of people, they just have, they think an investor has a certain, a particular behavior. Like, oh, investors think like this. No, investors think like that. Investors think like that. Like, first of all, there are so many different types of investors and so many different, right? There's Forex investors, you know, there's options, cryptocurrencies, agriculture, gold. The list goes on. You know, you have individuals that have built their wealth as doctors over the past 20 years, now they're looking to invest. So they're probably going to invest in like medical device companies, let's say, because that's what they're, what they know the medical industry. So let's just remember there's different types of investors, angels, VCs, family offices, private equity firms, REITs, right? Uh, pensions, endowments. There's just so many places to get funding from. And then even within those categories, you have, industries that they may focus on or the types of investment strategies that they may, that they may be seeking. So you have, to be looking for the right, you have to be looking for the right investor, first of all, yeah. and not just, you know, like they say, like shoots, like go paint on a wall and see the sticks, right? Mm. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have like a specific end in mind. What is the, what is the company? Who, who do I need to be able to like bring this to life? Who's the type of investor who wants to invest in this kind of a product or an industry or a service? And how do I best approach them? What do they need to hear? What do they want to know about a deal, about an investment that would have them say yes? Yeah. So there's definitely that. 
being unique, being valuable. And then <clears throat> there's the human factor as well, where it's a lot of people think, you know, I have the best opportunity in the world, the best investment vehicle, patent, invention, strategy, business model. And then they just think that like a white piece of paper with all those facts typed in times Roman numeral would <laughs> be enough <laughs> of a marketing piece, you know, and brochure and pitch deck to mm. the investor. There's no, there's no life in it. There's no life. There's no color. There's no, you know, it, like that you're making them do all the heavy lifting of imagining what, what's possible. Man. And, and, and uh, you know, working for one of the largest investor clubs in the world, you're constantly pitched because people want access to those investors. Mm. We sell access to those investors through a membership. You pay fees, you pay event tickets. Sometimes people don't want to pay. They just want to, they want you know, like, hey, I'll give you 1%, Andres, just connect me with the right person. But like you said, you said it so perfectly, they make it so hard for me to understand it. Mm. So much on my plate. Like, just pay the membership, take the training, and we're going to teach you how to, how to brand yourself better and come meet our investors at the event. Like, that's because I don't have time to go over this information. And mm. it's, you know, it's, it's fascinating, but it's, it's just, it really makes me grateful that I got into marketing and branding and sales yeah. at such age because it is so flexible. You know, I've become very valuable to my members because I have this insight about how investors may want be looking for a great deal, but they also want to be entertained. You know, we've got to learn to train the trainers. You got edutainment. Mm. You have to mix the two no matter what. It's like, yeah, and people think it's like, no, you, you know, it's like, it has to be very technical because you're asking for tens of millions of dollars. It's like, of course you have to be technical and smart, mm. but they're still asking someone to give up their time, yeah. which is refundable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't, don't, don't make them hate or regret that they invested the time with you. Even if it's a great deal, I think even, even then, like someone might say no, just because I'm, I'm miserable listening to you and the way you present information and the way you're trying to sell me, like, you know, I'm not enjoying this process. So if you can't, you know, take the time and the due diligence to prepare a great conversation, a great uh, presentation for me, like, how are you going to do with other people who I put you in contact with other vendors, other, you know, key team members or, or whatever, you know, that would make a difference for you. If you bring the same thing to them, they're going to say no. So why would I say yes? Yeah, exactly. Well, 100%. So powerful, powerful, man. So I know you have some, some stuff to share. Help us, help us, uh, tell these <laughs> So I know you, you have some stuff you want to share with us today, right? Is that, did you want to get into the slides and great stuff like that right now? Get right into it. I'm going to show you guys some case studies. Cool. Let's do this. You see my screen, Chris? Um, it says, let me make sure I can capture it one sec. Yep. I can see it. Awesome. So pitchdex.com, Family Office Club is the investor club we talked about last year. Uh, myself and Richard Wilson, the CEO of a company that I'm going to talk about here in a minute, uh, launched pitchdex.com. Okay. Uh, he purchased pitchdex.com, the URL, got it. Uh, and, you know, just starting there, let's talk about URLs. You know, the URL, if you're, 
it, it just makes sense. We we went with this name because we Google search what people look for when mm. it comes to investor relations marketing materials. A lot of people are look up how to make a pitch deck. No. Right. So with a name that we knew ranked high. Okay. Um that's also why, you know, this Richard Wilson, our CEO, he actually he owns privateequity.com, finance training.com, business training.com, capital raising.com, familyoffices.com. Once again, I said it again, I'll say it again, privateequity.com, training.com, finance training.com, familyoffices.com. That is major digital real estate right there. It's hardcore. Um because you know, it's, it's, you understand branding is about putting the solution on everything, tagging mm. everything, right? So we're going to talk about that. Family Office Club is the deck that I, I train our members on. So, you know, we do a lot of events. We have an email list of 400,000. Uh, our CEO has published over 13 books and we work with families. Some of our clients, this is their, their, their assets and their management. This is how much they're worth. So mm. 400. Million dollar family, one point three billion dollar food industry family office. So, sent to millionaires, people that are worth over a hundred thousand, a hundred million dollars, they'll build these entities to be able to protect and preserve their wealth and be able to find investment vehicles more easily without having to go to all these service providers. We'll just bring everything in house and create a family office. Mm -hmm. These families come to us many times for help managing those type of portfolios and advising them on how to manage their assets properly, especially in today's changing digital landscape. And as new generations in their family start to come into play, how do they start to distribute that wealth amongst the next generation? So we help these families. Once again, that genius concept of providing value to the ultra high net worth. Yeah. Right. It's it's and it's more about providing right through that. We're able to provide them with service providers, with deal flow. We're able to provide them with strategies and insight on how to think. And how did he and how did we how did Richard Wilson build this company after 12 years by publishing books, hmm. becoming a published author in the family office space. Right. And branding himself that way. So, you know, you talked a little bit about the events that I've done for, for the past 10 years. This is my first training in 2011. To my in New York. Uh, and these are the panels that we do at Family Office Club. That's me interviewing Jason Stone, millionaire mentor. He's one of Forbes' top social media influencers, and PJ Gadami, uh, local millionaire here in Miami that uh, trades uh, like sports cars and, and luxury watches. I got to do a panel with them here in Miami. It was incredible. Uh, but once again, it's, uh, it, it's getting the insight from these investors and being able to provide them value by getting around them is, is the most crucial aspect. It's the, what Family Office Club was able to do was to put so much free value out there that then what you're seeing here is a $100 million family emailing us asking for help, for support. Mm. So this is what we like to call a super hot lead. <laughs> We didn't have to chase them. We didn't have to cold call them. We didn't have, you know, they, we just put so much content out there. Eventually they just emailed us and said, Hey, we're considering establishing a family office. Mm. We're starting a family office. These are all leads that we then verified and found out that they were in fact worth over a hundred million dollars in assets in the night. Wow. 
It's so it's so interesting that we like there's this this modern technology of like opt-ins and landing pages and different things like that that it's common like marketing stuff for people who are doing online businesses and things like that but like even hundred millionaires right sent to millionaires <laughs> opt in <laughs> it's crazy because a lot of these sent to millionaires sometimes here's the thing you're you're casting this wide net hmm. and a new sent to millionaire comes to life let's say you just sold his fintech company for 400 million hmm. he's going to start google searching what is he going to do with 400 million dollars cash hmm start researching and looking for books there online because everybody searches for information online now. Yeah. Do you, do you think that... And there's the wealth too. There's the next generation. There's the people our age in the next five years that will then step in that too. So there's people in their mid-30s now. Wealth is getting younger and younger. I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts of like, why would people Google search for how to do it if they probably theoretically should have some like mentors or people in their life who they would go to to get this information from? But then how do they find the mentor? Hmm. That's exactly how they found us. We become the mentor. We're, wow. we're a registered investment advisory firm. You have to be licensed and registered to be able to advise people at that level. Wow. To just advise people on, on to advise uh, an accredited investor, then you have, to, you have to be licensed to do that. Hmm. You know, a lot of times. So, so I mean, depends the type of advisory mm-hmm. that you're doing. Um, but once again, we become the investor, right? So, I mean, we become the mentor by putting out the value, right? You know, how do you find it? You find it through events. We do 30 events a year, right? So once again, it's, we do events, podcasts, newsletters, the 400,000 person email list. We have one of the largest LinkedIn groups in the world, you know, so. So so. this is like, just like, just like any level that someone wants to get to their next level, like a six figure earner, they're going to say, how do I get to seven figures? How do I, you know, achieve that? How do I achieve a certain result? How do I, um, you know, build passive income? The hundred millionaire, the centimillionaire is going to search. How do I invest this, this money? How do I, you know, make it make more, more money for me? What are the top wealth strategies of billionaires, of, of centimillionaires? What are the groups? What are the masterminds? What are the podcasts? What are the books? What are the events? They're going to do the exact same thing. How do I become an investor? Yeah. Even though they have mentors, they'll still do their research. Yeah. Yeah. So... So these are, so, but the main reason I'm sharing this and I was sharing the pictures of the panel discussions that I've done and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the trainings that, that I've been doing for 10 years and what Richard Wilson has done is because we've been able to gain access to these high net worth, ultra high net worth individuals and they see us with the level of respect and they come to us asking for advice and questions. Yeah. That, that's critical because once again, you're providing value and then they ask, how do I get more value? And then you charge what you're, what you're worth. Hmm. Yeah. Many people are, 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 you know, too scared to, to, you have to, at this level, to get leads like this, you have to be putting out a lot of content yeah. and have years of content out there. Mm-hmm. Start. 
So that's like all, so a lot of clients, you know, they think, well, what, what is opening up a YouTube channel going to do to help me find investors? It's because it's a, when they do due diligence and they see a video of you, that's you talking without you actually having to talk to a person. Yep. And then you make more and more videos, just them scrolling and seeing your face pop up on YouTube, even if they don't watch any of your videos, but them seeing your face pop up so much, they'll just be like, wow, I saw you made a lot of videos. Boom. That's just a little check mark. Wow. On the Yes. You're just trying to add credibility everywhere by being a author, by putting out good emails, by putting out good social media posts and delivering value and teaching. That's how you're able to do that. Um, So back to that point is the fact that the whole point is here is that we understand investors. And now we do a lot of events all over the world where you can meet the investors and we teach you how to find them. We were doing a lot of training for many years. That's why I came into the company. I came into the company to really help expand our events and our trainings um, and, to, and to bring more members into the club where we put you in front of the investors, right? Because you're going to hear them on these panel discussions. Mm-hmm. And, and also we'll do the workshops where we teach you how to brand yourself better, how to market yourself better, how to present to investors better. You know, how to be a better presenter of your deck. 900 members later, of course, a large percentage of them end up asking, um, end up asking, well, can you do this for us? All this advice you're giving us, do you guys provide that service? And there came pitch decks. We're at 51 clients now. We've worked uh, <clears throat> and created marketing and branding for hedge funds, commercial real estate firms, multifamily real estate firms, cannabis, manufacturing equipment. Stem cell technology company out of Chicago, cryptocurrency and blockchain companies, athletic facilities that are raising capital, and also you know broker dealers and people that are looking to to connect a deal with an investor. Mm. So brokers of all kinds, we've done marketing for them as well, um, and for their clients. So these are some of the logos that we created. I, the point I want to make with the logos is how clear. The intention of that business is mm. Harlem Holdings. What industry do you think they're in? Real, Real estate. estate. <laughs> what part of the country? Uh, Harlem, New York. Is that yeah. Harlem, New York? So you see that. And if you by any chance are an investor that invests in New York and you just mm. pass by that logo, it'll immediately catch your attention. If you're an investor that invests in New York, in real estate. Yeah. Okay. Let me Google them really quick. Right. Because that makes sense. Yep. Versus if it was Sagittarius Capital. You know, if it was just Sagittarius Capital, you would just pass by and you would not bother. Mm. Right? Collateralized income expenses, once again. So these are more technical. But once again, if you are a technical, if you technically invest in collateralized income, then you understand it if you're passed by if you're you buy it, urban storage, capital, right? So they invest in urban storage facilities. Pretty clear. You can even see the, the box right there, right? It's a, like a, um, what do you call those? Bins? Pods? Is it, is it pod or? Is it, yeah. Pods, uh, you know, trailers. Yeah. And then target cell. So once again, so this is not a logo. This is not a clear brand. Warrior Dragon Capital. 
Clearly, clip art hmm. and a font from Microsoft. Yeah. And, and that's not going to work. <laughs> and you see that a lot. How to invest in a good logo, right? Like your Phoenix behind you. Yep. You've got to invest in the symbolism in the, in the artwork, but also making sure that the name Warrior Dragon Capital, which means nothing to anybody. Hmm. You don't know if it's a hedge fund, a private equity firm, a real estate firm. You know, you don't know what they invest in. You can put capital in front of anything. So your logo has to work for you. This logo that I wrote here that I made up, it only works if you work it. So in something to me, because I went to warrior camp and I was born year of the dragon. So like, great. But that's <laughs> the only way that I'll ever possibly make an impact is if I'm sharing it with. You have to, you have to do the legwork of telling the, the story and explaining it. Why put yourself at a disadvantage from the beginning when you can choose a name that clearly brands and describes who you are, who you serve, where people can find you and what makes you unique. 100%. Exactly. So this is our, um, one of our clients, dynastic development, another example, dynastic development. Doesn't mean much. The logo. Okay. Semi-powerful golden black. But we went with commercial real estate construction partners. Mm. We changed them up, added a logo that uh, at commercial real estate construction partners, added the Eagle because they work in New York, a little bit more of American patriotic symbolism. Yep. This is a cover of a pitch deck. So... Once again, I can, it's, it's not comfortable on the eyes to read. This is a before. So it's not comfortable on the eyes to read that commercial real estate services and investments. Mm -hmm. I just don't like that gray color. And then what Caprock mean? You know, if you're just looking at the logo, let's say you're not looking at the words of the cover. If you're just looking at the oh, Caprock, what does it mean? No idea. No. Um, <clears throat> so, and once again, the cover of the pitch deck is just, this is not really nice, right? <laughs> nice. And, and, and I would almost recommend that they should have just kept a white background in this case. Yeah. So, and we don't know what Caprock is if we're only looking at the logo. So what did we do? We added Caprock real estate. Mm. There we go. Just that little tweak. Yeah. Generate some more traffic to your website. Over. And then retail, uh, retail real estate services and investments. So once again, a more so what we do too is what we do is we create the one liner. Mm -hmm. One liner is their unique selling proposition in one line, and that one liner has to be used on every piece of marketing material. If you become our pitch text client, we are going to help you formulate this, and you have to put the one liner on everything. Mm -hmm. You have to be prepared and remember your one line because mm -hmm. it's your introduction and it takes seven seconds to say, and it is up from that point if the investor wants to keep talking. And is that one liner the, an 11 year old or 
like an 11 year old vertically integrated firm with 4.5 million square feet of asset experience and a contrarian view focusing on retail shopping centers with Amazon resistant tenants and long-term growth dynamics. That's the the (laughs) one-liner. That's hardcore. 10 seconds at most, right? Some technical things in there, but once again, the appropriate investor would understand them. Yeah. Yeah. It's super, super clear, super specific, super precise and unique, very unique. And now you can prevent the common pitfall of regurgitating and throwing up in the mouth and really upsetting someone because you just went into a minute and a half, two minute explanation. Nobody asked for it. Mm. Right. And then. It's all about the cliffhangers. You tell them this, if it interests them, the next thing they're going to do is probably lean forward and ask, explain further. Mm. You have the invitation to share more. Just trying to force it in there. So how would, how would someone, this is going to be like a pitch deck uh, that a cover. cover to cover of a pitch deck. So this would be at the very beginning to get their attention versus other people's, let's say, pitch decks that suck, the one before this, it wouldn't create intrigue. It wouldn't create like a clear communication of who are we, what do we stand for, which could potentially just immediately turn an investor off and say, man, this is going to be another shitty pitch. (laughs) I mean, look, it's going to happen and it it happens. But just where our client will tell us the story about how the investor had this pitch deck just sitting on the desk, mm. looked at the cover briefly, read that sentence, and just decided to pick it up. Mm. Wow. Versus seeing this and just ignoring it again. Yeah. <laughs> but just a chance that maybe it was on his desk, maybe he has some free time and he can yeah. just flip it and he'll send you a text message or an email and say, hey, just picked up your pitch deck, was flipping through it. Let's let's schedule a call. Hmm. You're just increasing your possibilities. Yeah. Every turn, every chance you get. Hmm. So this is the cover, and they put it on everything on the back of their business card, everything. So this is a one-liner read. This is a before and after pager. So this is the pager right here. The left is the before, the right is the after. I'm going to zoom into that top bar, okay. right? Both of them. I'll show you guys the changes we did for this brand. This is the stem cell company out of Chicago, Targacell. So you see the first logo, Targacell. It's like comet and like a little spark. I guess it may mean something to them on a technical level. Who knows? Like some atoms clashing or something. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but I see a comet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like a and and a, and a asymmetrical star, uh, <laughs> I guess. So once again, this is, but if we look at their at their one liner from before, you have a next generation of stem cell delivery. Mm. My question is, if I talk to your competitor, Target Cell, and I ask them if they're the next generation of stem cell delivery, would they possibly tell me no? No, <laughs> they're like, yeah, we are definitely. So all the competitors can say the same about themselves. But so then we developed the one-liner, a non-invasive stem cell delivery system using proprietary proteins to repair damaged hearts. Bam. And 
the thing about it is that I've even, when I tell people about this client, sometimes I run into people that do understand stem cells. Mm. When I show them this, they're like, whoa, stem cells that focus specifically on the heart. That's, that's great. That's so smart because they understand it. And, and I'm using them as a testimony. They're like, oh, wow. Like, can you connect me to those scientists? Like, I want to talk to them. It seems really mm. interesting. Just by online. And then once again, the logo reflects that. Yeah. In like such a poetic way. Like, oh my God, we have such an amazing graphic designer named Maria Ramirez. She just makes like art. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, and when, once again, they had an opportunity at a conference. They went to a, a, a conference um, and a few companies got a chance to, for 10 seconds, it was like six people were able to go up on stage and share what they do in 10 seconds. They had 10 wow. seconds. They were prepared with the one-liner. So an amazing response when they got off. Well, the other five people were stumbling, went over time. They were just caught on the spot. Hmm. Well, Targasol was already ready and knew exactly what to say because we trained them that this is what you say when you have those opportunities. Yep. And... And we developed it with them. You know, we took time. Damn. A lot of email correspondence to hone down on this one line. Because it's a commitment. So this is the before and after. Once again, the one on the left is just all this text. I immediately look at it and I go, I'll get to this later. But if <laughs> I look a lot. Yeah. If I look at the one on the right, even though I may not read the whole thing right away, it's compartmentalized, so the, the information that is important to me, I can isolate it right away. Dude, that's it, it's it's visual too. It's it's not like some boring one page with just text. It's like it's visual, it's graphical, like completely different. And the team, the people, brings it to life. Like what what happens in each of the sections, as well as like the team, just brings it to life. Yeah, and if I'm curious about the investment terms, I can go right to that. If I'm curious about the team, then I can go right to that and start Googling them and researching them. Mm. Information there, I don't have to sift through the whole thing to then find out what's the most important piece of information I have questions about. I can just go directly to it, briefly look at it in like 20 seconds and just start scanning it and letting my intuition and subconscious do the work if I was yeah. an investor. So... Before and after, you have to see, and it's it's, it's just. I've been in marketing and event production and branding for the past twelve years, mm -hmm. so I realize like sometimes I take it for granted that it's become very subconscious for me to look at these things. But yeah, if you're a scientist and you've been a scientist your whole life, then I'm starting to. Right, it's like okay, well I get it. You know your science. You're a master of stem cells, which is super cool <laughs> but definitely like when you know it's like a spark goes in their head when i talk to them about these things i used to feel should have been more obvious mm. um but that's where you see like a lot of opportunity to, to, to educate people the importance of this because immediately of course it is a little more obvious and you realize how obvious it is once you really break it down right because yeah oh the, the reason that the pitch deck, that, sorry, the one page was made like this by the individual that made it 
is because that's how they like to receive it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So even 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 though they um, enjoy the information, just black and white, plain text, they will still get value out of the visual one. It just it doesn't it, like for them. It doesn't need to be like that, right? But for the people who are visual, it's almost like it's a requirement for it to be in the color graphic for them to be able to receive it. So why you know don't shoot yourself in the foot if you have the opportunity to make something appealing to both sides then take that extra time to do that. And sometimes, honestly, that's why marketing is so psychological. Because the one, the, the pager on the right makes someone excited mm. if they don't know the company, right? Like, oh, this looks cool. If you look at the one on the right. Yeah. On the left, doesn't get me as enthusiastic. Now, the person that wrote it may not even like to get information the, the way that it's displayed on the left-hand side. Right. But the truth is that while they were writing it, they were really excited. Mm. So they that it would be exciting when they hand that to someone. So sometimes it's like, yes, that's the way they like to receive information. Mm. Sometimes it's just the fact that they just get really excited writing about their company and their vision. Mm. The way we would. But really, if I'm a stranger to your company, I, that's not, I wouldn't get excited by that. Sit down and write about my visions and my goals and my company and what I plan to do. It's writing to, it's exciting to me when I read it back to myself. Right. But it's not. So sometimes it's actually, we have to be aware of how do we like to be presented with mm. actually. And then, and then use that as a reference tool as well. Yep. Because sometimes just giving away information in a way that we wouldn't even want to Yeah. So this is another example of a before and after. Wow. The thing about the, the, the alliance and the, and, the, and the example on the left is that there's very successful 30-year-old, you know, um, commercial real estate firm. They see, but it's, it's the whole blockbuster paradigm. Like you have to innovate and you have to change it up. You may have a great platform, and have been in many countries, but you Blockbuster was huge and in many countries as well. Yeah. And they didn't innovate, they didn't change, everything just stayed the same. You know? I remember it. I remember it. I remember how it just never changed, ever. Never adapted like one bit. And now, like, I think the last one that just closed there was their last one. It was really just more of a museum because nobody even buys DVDs. Right, everybody's streaming, so people just go to like get candy. It's true. Just for, like, last year, the last one. Wow, two hundred thousand stores worldwide. Damn. So gotta innovate. Gotta innovate. Gotta innovate. This is the same page right here. The, the before from mm -hmm. Cap. Yeah. Yeah. Way way more simple, way more clean. It's easily readable. I think they, they say like, you know, for people in the back of the room to be able to read it, you don't want these like long, small font that that people can't read. It's good. Then another difference here is the page on the left, the page isn't numbered. 
So if you're sitting with a group of 10 people and you need them to turn to a certain page, how are you going to do that? <laughs> so number the pages in your deck. Mm, that's good. Uh, this is Dynastic Development. This is a CRE Construction Partners. I showed you guys the logo earlier. Yeah. Uh, this is their website. So they, they have been coming to our workshops for years, for like a past year. Mm -hmm. so they developed their one line on their own. They developed it on their own because our trainings, we always talk about it in our trainings. We have to develop the one line. We have to develop it. Right? Uh, we helped to establish a preserve dynastic for commercial real estate investment. So that's what they came up with on their own. Good, right? They applied our training, but now then they brought us on as consultants. You know, and then they brought it, then you know uh, we took them on as consulting clients and actually proved this for them now. This is the website they made before. This is their website now. Mm. And then we changed the one line, a family legacy oriented team. We changed yeah. it from dynastic to a family legacy oriented team. Yeah, because dy dynastic is like a weird word nobody uses. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. Which develops cash flowing commercial assets with over $2 billion, 2 million square feet, and 21 years of construction and investment experience. Hmm. You got to add those facts. You got to add the track record. That's what makes you unique. Yeah. And then, so, so that's on the branding. And then on the marketing side, what we've done is we help our clients get out of podcasts from around the country because we build relationships with a lot of podcasts. Mm -hmm. So getting people booked on podcasts can generate income. So that's what we did term. And it's public relations. It's doing it's public relations. Yeah. So every time we get on someone else's podcast and they launch it and they public publicize it, for the next like two, three weeks we're our our phones are going crazy from other people's lead list. That's awesome. So you got to get out there and podcasts can be done from home. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have relationships with over 15,000, 1500 different podcasts, YouTube channels, AM, FM radios, and investment radio shows. We help our clients get exposure on that. Mm -hmm. Once again, giving them a lot of time, they're paying us a lot of money to get them on these podcasts, but they're also saving massive amounts of time by having us book them. We, we train everybody on how to do this. But then we've also developed a division where you can then be our client and we can do that for you. So getting on podcasts, writing. Oh, and so back to the podcasting. Obviously, it's the fact that this recording right now can transcribe it and turn it into an article. Yep. So I can then repurpose the content that I've created through YouTube and through podcasts. Yep my net a lot farther and then if you do them consistently enough then in three months you can have a book mm. by transcribing the podcast and youtube and, the, and any interviews that you've done when you've spoken on stage etc you can take those reports and transcribe by someone overseas for real cheap now you got yourself your first published book damn now you have all these podcasts articles you published a book you are an expert. Boom. So last but not least, 
the emotionality and physicality combined. This is the one I'm going to leave off on because it's just so crucial. Mm -hmm. Once again, I get jaded right? because, for example, me and you have been in, like, how old were you when you took your first personal development course or took your first book? I think I was 21 and I did my first like live event seminar. Yeah, super young. <laughs> 20, they picked up my first book when I was like 17, put it back down. But really like personal development, communication, sales training, things like that. 20 years. Yeah. We're just like turning into adults at that point. Like we're just so pumps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like f figuring out who who we are, who we want to be in the world, how we want to show up. Like we're, our identity is still really malleable, as we say. Well, for me, I was going through college. Like, okay, I'm about to graduate college. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? You know. And so it's kind of like that potential, all this potential that had built up, and saying, I get to choose the direction of my sails, where I set my sail, and where I go in this in this boat in this plane in this journey what direction am i going to go and i found personal development i found um you know network marketing different streams of income i'm like okay not doing the nine to five thing <laughs> yeah exactly without even your intention in college mm. was it masculine say that one more time was wealth even your intention in college no no exactly yeah, yeah, I think there was no right. Um, but once it did become the intention, then I had to be really honest with myself about what about my communication skills do I need to improve in mm. order to engage? Yeah, in what I'm saying. Yeah. Once again, we got started really young, so luckily, ten years later it's starting to become part of our subconscious mind. Yeah. You know, social cues, picking up vibes, you mm -hmm. know, tonality in our voice, our body language. But if you didn't start taking this training on from a young age, then you need to start asking yourself, how are you communicating? Yeah. How is the tone of your voice being taken on by people? Mm. How do you get when someone shows a light, a, a slight bit of excitement or, or, or curiosity towards your view, right? So I don't, for me now in sales, I don't get too excited when someone gets a little curious about what I have to offer. I still try to hold it back. Mm. I want them to crave it more. Wow. So second is like, oh, so what do you do? I'm not just like, oh, this is what I do. I help companies raise capital and we do events all over. Place and you know you have a membership involved. And the thing about it is that if you commit, we're going to teach you. And in the next six months, you're going to look at a whole different view at capital raising. We've really changed the industry. I'm telling you, like family offices are the investor targets you want to go for. I didn't even know about them ten years ago. Like I don't even know how I got introduced to them. It's just blown my. Mind. It's just like whoa, man, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Help people realize that's an example of what not to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, versus like, oh, what do you do? I help companies find investors. Hmm. Wow. So it's simple. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. And then people are immediately inclined to ask, 
You know, so I don't immediately get excited about it. Like, oh yeah, we do events. You know, we have a huge club of investors, people with over hundred million dollars. We're always looking for investment opportunities. We're just bringing together. Oh wow, I have an idea. I've always had this idea. You know, either it always ranges from like, oh, I've always had an idea that I've that I've always thought investing mm-hmm. in. Right, like people like just kind of fantasize about it and just mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. Like I have this idea. You know, I once looked for investors. Where, you know, I've always had this crazy idea, Andres. Tell me what you think, you know? Yeah, like that range, which is like, yeah, it's like just like a bit of a fantasy all the way to when I say that, people are like, oh, you know, right now, you know, we just raised half a million dollars from friends and family for a type on a smart diaper. You know what I'm saying? Boom. So right away, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. You know, once again, they're just like, all right, so tell me more. Tell me more. Right? Now they're, they're, they're versus, but these same people know about investor clubs, but I just have not come off that aggressive. And I'm very aware of their energy and know how to approach it. So the whole point with this final slide is like study things like posture, study things like tone, study things like how to make appropriate eye contact with people. You know, so you don't make people uncomfortable by just staring them directly in the eye, like without a single pause or break. Walk forward, like people lean forward and just feel you in the eye and never, and as they lean forward, like very uncomfortable for a lot of people. Yeah. If you get in their space and you're a stranger, mm. how do you these things? Yeah. Even if you think your eye contact is good, just look up what is good eye contact. Mm. Strategic eye contact, convincing eye contact, right? The presentation, right? Your war paints. I like to say war paint because, you know, for women, it's makeup. You know what I mean? So maybe it's makeup. Some women are anti-makeup, which is great. It's all about how does it make you feel mm. when you wear it? You know, my war paint is my suit and my tie. Mm. How does it make me feel in Miami? Really hot. <laughs> Also, like hot and humid, I mean. Right. <laughs> Sweaty hot. <laughs> no, but at the same no, I feel hot as F in a suit. Like, really, I, look, I feel so good. Sexy, classy, valuable. Man, I'm definitely feeling really good as well. Yeah. yeah. I love suits. I love wearing suits. I love it when the temperature here hits like 75, so I can wear a blazer. Yup. I feel crisper. I just know how I feel when I'm groomed, when I mm. take care of myself, when I take care of my body. Yeah. Crucial. Yeah. Gold, man. All right. So we are we're wrapping it up here, brother. And I want to share about the final takeaway you want to share with our audience. And uh, the slide's still up. So jump out of that and we can end with your beautiful face. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. So final piece of wisdom you want to leave our audience with, man. Final piece of wisdom. Um, just remember that, that every, credibility is not just your track record. In like, fact, you're a good person. It's everything. Hmm. I think of like a credit score. Like every little thing kind of matters. Any report you take out. Honestly, the wrinkles on your shirt. The size of you know how well you're, you're, you're 
clothing fits on you, being well groomed, having good body language, having strong marketing skills. Mm. All those little add up on the credibility scale. Why not add up? I have them. Why not check off every every check on that list? You know, one hundred out of one hundred points in the credibility side of things in order to just increase your opportunity and your chances for getting noticed. Yeah. Dude, 100%. I love it. Andres, how do people stay connected with you? What are the next steps they can take, man? Um, my email address is andres at familyoffices.com. Definitely email me there. If, 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 you know, we do events all over the country. Okay. Uh, we're in the coast, first quarter of uh, 2020. We have one of the biggest investor conferences in the world happening in Miami in December. So email me and then i love instagram as well so andres underscore ospina 88 connect with me there i share more about lifestyle there it's kind of where i let out a little bit of my spiritual juice that's there on that on that side of things away from uh hardcore business capitalism side Mm. thanks chris yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, I love I love the blend of spiritual capitalism, right? Like being a good human, like loving, being conscious, being present to like ourselves, being self-aware in the journey of evolution of that, as well as capitalism, like really growing ourselves, our ability to uh, make money, generate income, serve more people, create jobs, add value to the world, man. I love that you're you're really mixing both and. Uh, yeah, diving into both, man. It's awesome. And you're welcome for being here, dude. Love having you on every time. You're just like full of wisdom, man. It's, it's epic. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. And just, man, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to, you just gave me the idea to change my my uh, header on my Instagram to a spiritual capitalist. I'm yes. Like, yes. <laughs> thank you for that, man. Get it, bro. Get it. Get it. You you got it, man. You, you deserve it. You're being it. Andres, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you soon, okay?